and welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. I don't know why I've just made so many little cracking sounds, but lots and lots. We want to get into tons and tons, as we like to say. I'm going to call this one Bring on the Heavy. Bring on the main. There we go. Bring on the main because there is a fight coming up this weekend that we have been looking forward to for a while. It looks like we're going to finally get it. Not going to say it's about time or something like No. Dana's been doing it. Just knocking it out of the park. Sometimes bi-weekly. There is so much, so much good things going on. I'm debating now. I was going to start, I was going to start with wrestling and then go into UFC. I may start with UFC because there is so much fun stuff. Let's do that. We're going to flip the script. It's my show. So thanks to Impact Media. Thanks to Blog Talk Radio. Thanks to Spotify and... Gosh, there's so many platforms that uh, if you could, if you have a way to find a podcast, there's a good chance you can find this podcast on it. And we appreciate that you find this podcast. So bring on the main we are going to talk about. But first, let's talk about UFC Fight Night that happened over the weekend. Here were the big fights, the ones that I thought you should actually know about and that would actually mean something going forward. I'm going to start with Mackenzie Dern, who did the big submission three and a half minutes into round number one over Randa Marcos. Randa's no slouch. I know I say that a lot, but no, this was supposed to be a big fight, and it actually turned into a big fight, even though it only went three and a half minutes. Well, 344, technically. But Mackenzie Dern, although Randa is probably saying Dern Mackenzie. She ruined her night. She ruined the party there. But uh, Mackenzie is is off and running. She is just working her way up. I mean, you you got to think bigger opportunity is coming right after this. How big? Don't know. I'm not in Dana's ear. I'm not in his office. But Dana, I, I think this uh, this warrants this warrants a bigger opportunity. But big win, Mackenzie Dern. Uh, I I don't know that that was a bigger win than. Uh, Kamzat Chimeyev. Remember, he is the one who famously fought at 185 in his debut in, like, July. Then famously about, was it eight days later? Or ten days later, or something like that. And then, I mean, he, he started at 185. Then, like, eight, ten days later, whatever it was, fights again, this time this time at 170. That's that's ridiculous. That means he didn't even really do a, a training camp or anything like that. That means he just dropped 15 pounds and fought, and he won decisively. I think he had, like, 124 strikes in his first win to, like, 
14 or something for the other guy. He went like 60 to 4 in the next fight. And then he fought Gerald Merchart, who is no slouch. He is a long-time veteran. Had a, had a lot of fights. Has had some big wins. We had a KO 17 seconds. Did I get that? Or 47 seconds. It's, it's 47 seconds in. On the fourth punch, he threw. Fourth punch. Just, wow. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. I'm a fan of what Jamea has been doing. But I'm going to jump on the uh, the hype train that is saying that I think he's showed enough. He's had, what, two fights at, at 185 and one at 170, or he's had two at 170, one at 185. He, he gets Damian Maya in about a month. And it was still total disrespect that they did, that they announced the Gerald Mershart fight with him and and didn't even mention Gerald's name and then immediately said, yeah, and after that he's going to take on Maya. But, wow. Wow. I think uh, after Maya, you've got to start thinking about putting, was the 10 pounds, 15 pounds of gold somewhere in his future. He is, because here's the thing about this one. We've seen him take other guys down and finish them there. In those in those first two, but everybody said his stand up is the best. He is actually better at stand up than he is at the groundwork. We're like, there's no way, there's no way. And then he comes in this, throws four punches and wins. Wow, just uh, comes at you, may have man. Uh, there's not much more you can say, but if you missed any of his fights, and there's a chance, kind of like the Mike Tyson era, that if you blinked, you missed it, or you went to the bathroom, or got some more nachos. Or, I don't know, thought about ordering the next pay-per-view that he's going to be on. Then, you probably want to go back and watch these. You probably can get Fight Pass or ESPN Plus or one of those and go back and watch them. I implore you to go do that. It just, it's it's amazing watching this. It's just fascinating. Uh, the other big fight. Donald Cerrone and Nico Price fought to a draw. And a lot of people would say, well, it's very uneventful. It was, it, it, that's a tie. Well, first of all, this is the first one Donald Cerrone has ever had. Nico Price celebrated it as though it was a win. They were actually doing a dual press conference in the back. They seem to be they seem to be friends. And my goodness. Uh, Donald Cerrone looked good. Nico Price looked good. These guys could continue to fight. I mean, this was a draw. Why not rebook them somewhere down the road? Unless you got other people you want to face. But Donald Cerrone still holds the win record for most wins in the UFC. And... Like I said, both of them look fine. If you wanted to, if you wanted to book them in, in fights within a month, I think they'd both be fine. If you wanted to book them against each other, let's see it. Let's see it. The next time there's a cancellation, hey, think about throwing these guys in. 
And then lastly, we have to talk about the main event. Because it was Tyrone Woodley trying to show everybody he could still do it against Colby Covington. Who's showing everybody why he's top of the food chain. Right underneath the champ. Why he deserves to be champ, maybe. These guys are former friends, former training partners. This has been like a year and a half, two years in the making. Uh, they Their very, very public spat is probably 80% of the reason why Covington is no longer at, what was it ATT that they were both at? American Top Team, I think they both were. And uh, Woodley, you know, uh, his last three fights, he's won against three of the uh, biggest, baddest guys on the planet, especially in that weight class. We forget just in that weight class. We're talking about champs, former champs, current champs. Uh, Covington was the, uh, I forgot who we had before that, Usman or somebody maybe. I, right off the top of my head, I had it wrote down, can't find that piece of paper. But a lot of people are like, well, maybe Tyrone should hang it up. Well, a lot of people are saying that because the reason why this was a KO slash TKO in the fifth round, a minute 19 in, is uh, because Woodley broke a rib. And cried out, not cried, you know, not like cried tears, but cried out, hey, I broke my rib. Okay. Um, I'm glad he called that out. That is, from what I hear, I've never done that, knock on wood. From what I hear, it's very painful because you can't breathe, you can't cough, you can't sneeze. Uh, I'm paraphrasing uh, the great DC who was talking about this earlier in the week. You can't laugh you can't do anything that's going to cause your back or your core your stomach area to even remotely move you probably sleep sitting up for a while it's um i have a close family member right now who is dealing with a rib injury and he says the same thing it is very hard to do anything but i still say tyron woodley's a badass and not just because his last three opponents were big dogs, not just because he fights in the UFC, not just because of his track record, those kinds of things, not just because he was one of the one of the pros, one of the stars of The Rock's latest incarnation of Titan Games. He had good show in there. He had a great show in there. Showed everybody he's not just a fighter, he's an all-around great athlete. Sure, he's getting close to 40. So what? You get to, here's the thing. Drop Woodley a little bit. Let him uh, start taking on the 10th through 12th ranked people somewhere in there. Let him build up that way. Then you move him up to, you know, 6th through 9th. Then you move him up to uh, 2 through 4. Then you move him up against the number one contender at that point. Maybe it's Covington. Maybe it's whoever Covington beats. You let him build up that way if he still wants to fight. I don't know why Dana put it out there. Maybe you should hang it up. Um, Dana's usually got pretty good advice, though, because uh, he, he told people like Chuck Liddell and uh, other ones to do it. They went other places and fought. Uh, maybe we see Woodley leave the UFC. There are other fight leagues out there, not just Bellator. It's what I say a lot of times with WWE superstars or AEW superstars, Ring of Honor. Impact Wrestling. We'll talk about those people and those things in a minute, but it's not the only place you can showcase your talent. New Japan. You know, K1's not out there anymore. They got uh, encompassed by the UFC, but there are World Fight League. There is 
There's a submission underground. There's so many places you can go. So many places you can go. So Woodley, I, I think you should, if you obviously heal up, we're talking about a month or so, I would say about five weeks of probably not doing a whole lot of anything. After, after the rib heals, you get back into training, you ease into it, you get back in shape. Maybe in two, three months, we see Woodley back fighting. Uh, first of the year could be good. Maybe try to get on that, that January big card that they are still putting together. That would be my advice. To Woodley, what do I know? I just host a show where I talk about pro wrestling and MMA. I'm not the nose. I'm definitely not Helwani, but, you know, I've watched a few of these things. Now, let's talk about UFC 253. It is coming up this weekend. That is September 26th, obviously on pay-per-view or through ESPN+. Plus. I'm sure Fight Pass has it as well. Uh, the big fights, the big fights that I want uh, to talk about you or talk about real quickly. You have uh, Catlin Vieira versus Marion Renault in the Bantamweight. That's going to be a spectacular Donnybrook, if you will, back and forth. I think that's going to be a good one. You got Diego Sanchez taking on Jake Matthews for the wel- in the welterweight. Anytime. Jake or Diego throw down. It's going to be potentially epic. This could still, this could still the card. We don't know. Uh, for the vacant light heavyweight championship belt, you've got Jan Blockwich. Blockwich. I apologize, Jan, for not being able to say your name very well. I've been working on my Polish. Married into a Polish family. Working on it. But uh, Jan's going to take on Dominic Reyes. Like I said, that's for the light heavyweight championship. You think these two? Jan was probably in line. I, I think Jan was in line next and probably Reyes right after that to take on John Jones. And instead, John Jones uh, surrendered the light heavyweight belt, moved up to heavyweight where he where, where he wanted to go anyway. And since, you know, he he tried to get the UFC to play ball with that. And since they didn't, he did it his own way. Seems like it's going to work for him. But now we're going to have a light heavyweight champ. And then finally, for the middleweight championship, the champion, Israel Adesanya. Go Izzy. He's going to take on the contender, Paulo Costa. Now here's the thing. Coming into this, I, I, I still... I think I, I, I haven't made my picks officially. I will do that later on the uh, the app that I used to do that. And no, I, it's just a, a normal pick'em league. I don't I don't put money on this currently. Uh, for one, I'm making sure that the state I live in uh, allows such a thing. But even then, um, you know, a lot of you guys know I really just got back into the MMA world uh, earlier this year, so. Until I, I feel really comfortable about it, I don't want to start putting money back down on these. But in the Pick'em League I'm in, I'm, I'm leaning Acosta. I'm leaning Costa, Paulo Costa. But, see, this is what happened with the DC Stipe thing to me. Because I hear DC all the time on, on the DC and Helwani podcast, he seems like a super cool guy, and, and uh, he, he's a pro wrestling fan, all this stuff here. I didn't know a lot about Stipe. I, I sided with DC. Where after the fight, after Stipe won, I find out he's a firefighter, 
Um, he was on the talk after show of a show I watched, Tacoma FD. It's about firefighters. It's the Super Trooper guys who did uh, a show about firefighting. It's really great. Um, he's a super guy, too. And, you know, it's the same way here. I am leaning Costa. But Izzy is a super cool guy. I heard a, a couple interviews with him this week already. I've heard some from Paulo as well. I don't know. It's can I can I pick draw? Can can I, you know what? I don't want to draw. But if you ask me right now, it's Costa like fifty five forty five is the way I got it right now. If you ask me later this week, you know what? Somebody follow up. Somebody follow up. And later this week, Wednesday, Thursday-ish, more likely Wednesday, follow up with us on our all-sports show, The Sports Show. And uh, I, I'll see if I'm still going to pick that then. But just, like I said, Vieira versus Renault. You got Matthews and Sanchez. You've got Reyes and Jan. And then you got Izzy and Costa. I mean, holy crap, right? Just holy crap. It's it's just going to be another epic one. So spend most of your day watching... College football, there's going to be some really great matchups there. And then settle in for the prelims and the big UFC 253 card. Let's move on. Let's talk some wrestling, right? All right. And I like to start on Mondays and work my way into the weekend, so let's start there. Things that I think you need to know and the impact they have. Starting with Raw. They, I don't know why they didn't do this at the upcoming pay-per-view uh, Night of Champions, but they had the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits, versus Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, the SmackDown Champions. Now, who is the better team? Street Profits. Who is the better overall wrestlers? Oh, it's, it's not close. Cesaro or Nakamura. Is better than both Street Profits. And the Street Profits aren't bad. I'm not saying they're slouches. They're not. But compared to either one of those world-traveled, just boss wrestlers, yeah. The problem I had was, of course, they let Street Profits win. Okay. Whatever. Then the Hurt Business, which is Lashley, MVP, and Shelton Benjamin. Decided to add Cedric Alexander to it so that he could take on Ricochet. Um, the Hurt Business with four people, that's fine. They're kind of building a, uh, a horseman, a nation of domination, a uh, what, whatever you want to call it there, uh, which could be good. I They keep going out of their way to try to tell me that Bobby Lashley is a badass street fighter. I've seen him MMA fight. He is he is very, very bad man. I've seen him wrestle. He is a very, very bad man. Big, tall, powerful, super athletic. I don't know why you keep having to tell me that. Uh, I got it. I got it. Shelton Benjamin's no slouch either, especially on an amateur map. MVP's okay. 
Uh, Cedric, pretty dang good, too, in a wrestling ring. But uh, they keep pushing the Hurt Business. I, I, unless they're going to take on Retribution, which they kind of started to do. The problem with Retribution is, is there's like 20 of them. So eventually, I think they're going to start eliminating them out, whether they're going to be taken out or they just, you know, forget to book them for the show or something. We'll see from there. But anytime uh, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet are in a wrestling ring, you should 100% watch it. Uh, this was a fantastic match. And then, like I said, Retribution, once again, they were backstage. Um, for people who are trying to take over and normally would just attack and take their own space, the fact that they really didn't take over anything and they're just hanging out in the back, I, it's they're already starting to lose steam. They're not doing anything. Uh, more than likely, the writer's room has just ran into a wall of not knowing what else to do. Shocker. Uh, I, I would like to see Retribution do something because they've started to do some good things and then uh, just kind of waiting to see what could happen from there. Um... You had Ashka versus Mickey James. This is a pretty good match. Mickey can wrestle with anybody, so can Ashka. Ashka is still one of the best in the world. Uh, Mickey, as far as the the WWE roster, she's probably still up there, top five, top six. She uh, looks to be in really good shape. Still does her spin kicks or or heel stuff, and and uh, I, I thought this was one of the best matches of the night. Because then we get to Raw Underground, which is AKA we're going to take the ropes off of a wrestling ring. We're going to do it in a back room somewhere. Uh, Shane, who has the MMA background running organization, they, they kind of have this going. Uh, they had Dolph versus a jobber. Uh, I know Dolph can wrestle. Why do I have to see him fight? Then he went against Riddick Moss, who could benefit from a little bit of a push here. I think uh, he's a guy they're eventually going to do some stuff with. Uh, then uh, it was Dolph and Riddick versus Braun. Braun was able to uh, eventually take out both of them. I don't know why we're suddenly trying to push Braun. Although, one particular thing did happen, and I'll get into that in a second. But uh, then Braun took on a jobber. Then Riddick Moss and, and Dolph jumped back in there. Then he took care of them again, kind of just pulling them. There's no ropes. So he flung him to the outside. Um, then he took on Titus. He took care of Titus. And then, I don't know his name. He's the big, tall guy. usually wears a white shirt. The big, monster guy. Got in there face-to-face. -face, and Shane was smart enough to go, that's going to be next week. So, uh, made him, you know, and maybe they're trying to help put over that, that new guy. Because if they just squash him have Braun squash him, then what good was that? I would rather have two monsters than none. Have them be a stalemate. But uh, past that, I don't understand Raw Underground. I, I don't, it just takes up about 15 minutes of a show that, I mean, maybe that's all it is, is filler. Because it doesn't seem like they're going to do anything going forward with this. A lot of the interactions seem either really quick or pretty, pretty, um, I don't want to say stage descriptive, but I don't think there's a better word. It just seems pretty 
vanilla. Pretty plain out. It's just, it's just, kind of, it's kind of bathroom break time to a point. It's time to go get popcorn. It's time to uh, um, go take the trash out, check your, make sure your dog didn't eat something you shouldn't have. Um, call your mom. You know, it, it seems like a good time to do that. And then at the end, you had uh, Retribution, who interrupted the Drew versus Keith Lee match, and the Hurt Biz come out, and uh, they all just kind of went at it and uh, kind of equaled out because about half of Retribution actually came out there. Uh, but for one thing, Drew Drew is uh, pretty good. I think he is running his course. I think he's getting to the end of this title uh, title run. And I'm not sure who's going to take it off of him. I don't think it should be Randy Orton, who I believe is going to go against him. If Randy can't go, they're going to put in Keith Lee. I think it is way too early for that. But for people who haven't seen Keith Lee wrestle now, I watched him a lot in NXT. He is a former football player, but if you see him, it is unbelievable some of the things he can do. And he's a good wrestler. He's not just a big guy who just... Uh, kicks and punches and slams you and then clotheslines. No, no, no. He does a lot of things that you wouldn't think somebody his size could do. So if you want a reason to watch Raw, Keith Lee is definitely one of those. Moving on to Impact Wrestling. It was good to see Triple XL and the Deaners back on. I, this was another one of the opening throwaway tag matches that Impact Wrestling has become synonymous for this year. It's it was a, it was a decent match. It's just it doesn't mean anything at all. It's filler. And not every match needs to mean something, but it would help if at least a couple of them do. Uh you had Trey from the Rascals versus TJP. A lot of people might remember TJP when he uh he was TJ Perkins or something like that. WWE used to come out with the uh, the video game music and everything. It's pretty cool. This was uh, they're starting to really kind of push that more X Division style stuff again, which uh, cruiserweight X Division, whatever you want to call it. But X Division is what put Impact Wrestling, aka TNA Wrestling, on the map. I think they would do well to get back into that instead of having everybody in tag teams. I understand you're trying to use everybody, but why not start having more X Division gauntlet matches? Just saying. I realize you guys aren't going to hire me for the writing staff. That's fine. If you do want to, you know where I'm at. Um, Let's see. Eric Young, of course, had uh, forced Rick Swan to retire because in a gauntlet match after Eric Young was uh, eliminated by Rick Swan, he took it out on Rick Swan and hurt his leg so bad, supposedly he had to uh, retire. He did this retirement thing in the ring, and then in typical wrestler fashion, a couple weeks later, he comes back, he, he swings a crutch a few times at Eric Young, and suddenly, at Bound for Glory in like a month, month and a half, whenever that happens, I think Bound for Glory is October. I remember going to a Bound for Glory, and it wasn't super cold outside. I'm thinking it was in October. But at Bound for Glory, those two are going to face for the World Heavyweight Championship for who knows what reason. If it is a revenge thing, it shouldn't be for the top. Because 
But then again, I don't know what Eric Young really did to get a to deserve a title shot, but him taking off Eddie Edwards made sense. Uh, I don't think Rick Swan is going to beat Eric Young, but so what happens even if he does? Does he stick around after this, or does he officially retire? Because supposedly, you know, he is going against doctor's wishes, and hey, it's just a big cluster again. I, that's what I put on here. I put EY versus Rick Swan at, at BFG was announced. In parentheses, I have why. Why? I, you, you can't tell me there's not enough contenders out there. I could go through. I could probably name six, seven, eight other people who should be ahead of Rick Swan on this. And Rick's good. It, it's he's a good showman. I like him. Uh, he had the the uh, little hiccup in WWE, which is is why he's no longer there. But this just makes no sense. Just, I mean, I mean, at least it wasn't a backstage segment or a reality show, Wrestle House or and other stuff they're also synonymous for. Like, Impact, you, you have this amazing roster. You just signed a lot more amazing people, even. And it's like every week it's the same ten people. Like, interject somebody in there. It's like, uh, if you want to see a, a really good match, how about the Deaners take on the Motor City Machine Guns? Or Triple uh, XL takes on... Uh, Big LG and and uh, was Good Brothers and, and Carl Anderson. I'll, I'm good with that. Like I said, I know they're keeping the machine guns and uh, and the Good Brothers away from each other right now because those probably arguably are your two best teams. And you don't want to just immediately blow that blow that up just by having them face. So I get that. But why not shake it up? The the women's divisions doing a decent job of shaking it up. It's a little better than than usual, but. I mean, come on, guys. You're better than this. Uh, the other uh, big match. This was a good match, but I'm a big fan of both these guys. Uh, you had the exhibition champion. The current one is Willie Mack. Willie Mack is another one that uh, he might be a little bigger than Keith Lee. Keith Lee is a lot more muscular, but Willie Mack, for his size, not even for his size, for any size, it is astounding what he does in the ring. Then he took on Brian Myers. Brian Myers, who uh, he has some nickname about being a great wrestler, and he is. You know, he was part of the Matrix Brothers with Zack Ryder. You guys will remember who this is. Uh, but Brian Myers is another bright spot in the people they hired. That now, when you interject him in with the Impact roster, it's a whole new set of opponents, and it's a whole new opponent for everybody. I just look forward to what they can do with this. Of course, Willie Mack retained. But this was a really, really good match. Uh, let's move to NXT. We had, out of the blue, Kushida come down and attack somebody and throw him in his Kimura double arm lock. And uh, just I'm, I'm, I've never seen evil Kushida. I was thrown back by that. Uh, every other time I ever saw him, he was always a good guy. But evil Kushida could be really cool because uh, he could come out and... Uh, not snap some arms, but, I mean, he could just run out and put you in an arm lock real quick. And he's got some other uh, killer strikes like the baseball punch and uh, the, the Back to the Future stuff and all. So, Evil Kushida, you know, be nice to see him on the other side of the coin for once. Uh, Brizongo took on Imperium as a rematch for the Tag Team Championship that Brizongo won a handful of weeks ago. 
period. Just fantastic tag team. But I'm a huge Brizongo homer. Brizongo won this one here. They're just fun to watch. They're that veteran team that are just fun. If the crowd was there, this is who the kids would be into. This is who the young adults would be into. This is who everybody would be into. Uh, you had the team of Caden uh, Carter and Casey Conazaro. They are starting to push those together. Caden uh, Carter, uh, real cool look. I, I like uh, the way she presents herself. I like a lot of the things she does in the ring. I think her style goes well with Katie, uh, Katie's, or, or uh, Casey's rather. Casey Conazaro rose to fame. She told everybody she wanted to be a wrestler, but she rose to fame. Through American Ninja Warrior. That's where you guys may probably know her from. But she did. She trained to be a wrestler. Got signed by WWE. Got signed by NXT. Uh, and she's down there. She does some pretty cool stuff. I think these two could be a fun, formidable tag team. We'll, uh, we'll see what they do with them. I hope they stick them together for a while. There's a match coming up. Called the Gauntlet Eliminator. Um, that William Regal has come up with to uh, try to determine the number one contender, I believe, for the uh, for Finn Balor's title, the Gauntlet Eliminator. It's uh, I don't know all the the rules for it yet, but we will wait and see what happens this week with that. I think it's going to be at the next pay per view, if I remember correctly. Then you have there's going to be a number one contender women's battle royal to determine. Obviously, the number one contender there. Uh, I gotta gotta figure that one out too. Uh, I don't think it should be Rhea Ripley, and I don't know that it should necessarily be Dakota Kai. Let it be somebody else for a minute. Let those two eliminate each other or something. Kind of like UFC. It's like we know those two can can hang on the big level. Let's uh let's let somebody else go up, and when the champ beats them, then you have these two face for the right to go back. Uh, up for the title shot or a triple threat. NXT, pay attention. This is a good idea, and I, I think uh, that's that's a bigger payoff. Uh, let's move on to AEW, which is slowly becoming, slowly, readily becoming, probably the best wrestling on television right now. I think NXT is very very close, and um, the rest of them just kind of interchange. You had FTR versus Jungle Express in the opener. FTR, the tag champs at the moment. Jungle Express being Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. With uh, their fun-sized friend in a walking boot. Uh, with the victory there. But if you want to see a team that, that just looks like it's a novelty act, but the two of them can actually wrestle, that's Jungle Express. FTR, for people who don't know, they used to be the Revival. Uh, now they have Tully Blanchard, who manages them. That's actually who they remind me of, of Arn and Tully from uh, way back in the day, Horseman Days. They are just strategic. They will pick a limb, break it down, fast tags. They use a lot of New Age moves as well. But just some of the best tag team wrestling you're going to see. And like I said, Jungle Express is, is another team that is just right up to the AEW tag division. Loaded. Just loaded. 
Uh, you had Kaz versus Hangman. Frankie Kazarian, the ageless wonder, because I'm uh, pretty sure he's in his 40s, and him and Christopher Daniels, and they continue to just not just hang, but surpass many of the people they wrestle with. Um, but uh, Hangman with the big win here, Hangman Adam Page. I think it's time that they split him and Kenny Omega. They can eventually have him face if they want. Kenny can even put him over for what what it matters, which could be what actually happens. But I've said for years, Hangman is that next guy up, that next big guy that could potentially run a company, put it put it on their shoulders, and uh, I kind of hope he does. Now, speaking of another guy who does that, you have MJF, Maxwell, Jacob Friedman. He's another one that if you don't realize that those two are two of the pillars that they are building AEW on, I would say maybe Sammy Guevara, if he can stay out of trouble, and Darby Allen are the other ones. That they uh, Those are probably the four pillars that I would say at the moment. But uh, MJF just continues to just, just slay on the microphone. He is fantastic in a wrestling ring. He had the match versus... He had the match versus uh, John Moxley from Championship. Came up short there, but he's not ready for it. So, well, they're not ready for Moxley to give up the belt. It's going to be to somebody. I don't know who. Maybe it is one of those four people I just mentioned, including MJF. But uh, once again, uh, two reasons. I would say two reasons right now to tune in AEW, FTR, and MJF. Uh, you had Private Party versus the new team of Jericho and Jake Hager. They end up with the victory on that one. Private Party is like a slightly better version of the Street Profits. Very similar gimmick. Uh, the thing I like about Private Party, though, they are a little more slick and um, a little more edgy as far as what they do. But um, nothing to take away from the Street Profits. Just it seems like Private Party brings it up a little bit when they need to. The returning Eva Lease, big Eva Lease fan. She always does spectacular work, but uh, Eva Lee's took on the returning Thunder Rosa. It seems like she's going to stick around for a while, too, and I very much hope she does. Thunder Rosa ended up with the victory on it, but once again, an already loaded women's division, adding Eva Lee's and Thunder Rosa. Wow. Wow. And this was a wrestling clinic. You want to see what new age women's wrestling looks like? You watch Eva Lee's versus Thunder Rosa. You watch... Um, Hikaru Shida versus Thunder Rosa from the pay-per-view. You watch those, any, anybody in AEW, you watch these ladies just tear it up. Uh, Santana and Ortiz took on best friends in a parking lot brawl that included people coming out of trunks. It included, let's see how much furniture we can destroy, how many cars we can destroy. Um, best friends end up winning, which I thought was nice. It was their kind of get back for what Santana and Ortiz did to the mom van. And at the end of the day, Cassidy and the best friends got in the car with uh, Trent's mom and drove off. Thought that was interesting. 
little way to do that. Uh, moving to SmackDown. It wasn't a whole lot on SmackDown this week. Um, a lot of stuff that it kind of goes in the Impact Wrestling world of why. But uh, the main things was it seems like Alexa Bliss is uh, perfectly normal until she is triggered by somebody mentioning the name The Fiend or some sort of reference that way because she dropped Lacey Evans in the same place she did um, Nikki Cross last week. After somebody mentioned that or somebody said it or whatever it was, um, I, I still want to see the Alexa dark turn. She can stay. She can uh, go the back and forth where you're triggered in and out like uh, like hypnosis almost. I think that could be an interesting angle. Plus, I think Dark Alexa is something we should all want to see. Yet AJ versus Sami Zayn. This was a really, really good match. If you like those Ring of Honor style matches that got real popular in the indie scene that are still popular, um, the AEW style for a little bit, this is what that was. This was two guys who tore up the indie scene before coming to WWE who tore up the SmackDown ring. Fantastic match. And then they throw in the Jeff Hardy bit at the end. Blah. It's going to be a ladder match. Of course it is. To unify the two intercontinental belts. Because you can't have two intercontinental belts. Makes sense. So what happens if Jeff Hardy doesn't win a ladder match? Because I would love to see anybody but him win that match. Wouldn't mind Sami Zayn. Because it, it, it wouldn't be that much of a knock on AJ. So, you know. Maybe you have Sami Zayn. Uh, you had Jay Uso and Roman Reigns, his cousin. We all know that. Versus Sheamus and King Corbin was the main event. Eh, it was okay. Uh, the biggest thing on it was uh, that Roman had taken down, I think it was Corbin, and Jay Uso tagged himself in, did the big splash, and got the victory. Didn't seem to sit well with Roman, who just stared at him, but... Uh, Jay Uso, you go get you some, man, because um, who knows if you never, who knows when you'll get these kind of opportunities to uh, kind of do a solo thing, and you're getting to take on the world champ, who happens to be your cousin. More power to you, Jay. I think Jay was the winner of SmackDown by far. I may start doing that. The winner of the show. Let's see. The winner of Raw. I would say the winner of Raw. Was probably Keith Lee because not only was he in the main event, not only was the main event against the world champ, but he helped take out Retribution by running and flying over the top rope and just bowling ball in half of them. So I'm gonna say Keith Lee won Raw. Impact Wrestling. I'm gonna say that Willie Mack won Impact Wrestling. Uh, I was going to give it to Brian Myers, but uh, Willie Mack because he won the match. NXT. NXT, I'm going to say Rizongo won that. AEW. Um, you know what? Who won AEW? MJF. No, Hangman did because Hangman... Got back in the win column on his own. Showed everybody still a good solo wrestler. I'm giving it to Hangman. SmackDown, like I said, I'm going to give it to Jey Uso. Ring of Honor. 
We had two more matches in the big tournament they are doing for the Pure Resurrected Pure title. You had fourth generation wrestler David Finley. You might know his dad, Pitt Finley. David Finley took on Rocky Romero, who is a fantastic indie wrestler, been doing it for like 20 years. Uh, David Finley won the match and won the right to take on Jay Lethal in the next round. That's going to be fun. That's yeah, going to be a lot of fun. And Delirious, who has been in Ring of Honor for like 14 of the 18 years he's been wrestling. He is, uh, as they say, from like Denmark or something. I really don't know a lot about him except for he's a fun unorthodox wrestler. Took on a guy who, as much as he says he doesn't have friends, him and Matt Seidel have known each other for a long time. And uh, Matt Seidel got the victory on that one. Um, Seidel is just super good, super good, super cool. For people who may or may not remember Matt Seidel, he had a short stint in WWE where he was Evan Bourne was his name. But uh, Matt Seidel, now that he is uh, slim back up, still a just fantastic, fantastic wrestler. And he won, like I said, he won versus Delirious. So Matt Seidel wins the opportunity to take on Jonathan Gresham in the next round. You talk about a match. Two guys that flip, fly, hold for hold all over the place. This That's going to be fun. Going to be fun. Now, I look forward to next week where we will see probably the bottom, a match out of the bottom left and the bottom right of the bracket. I, I don't know who could be in that particular match, matches. But, I mean, I know the people in those matches. I don't know which ones they're going to actually show. So, we'll just have to tune into Ring of Honor this weekend and find out. But, that's going to do it. As much as this week's strong style, bring on the main. Well, it's time to bring on the end of the show. You hear my music? It's time to walk through the curtain and attack the rest of the day. I'm Jeremy the Impact Owner. Thanks for tuning in to Strong Style. We will see you guys next week. This is-